Hi, it's Danny from BetUS. Pro and college football season is here, and we thought you might really appreciate a copy of our Insider's Betting Digest magazine. Now, you don't want to miss it because it's loaded with the NFL and college football schedules and trends to give you a huge advantage and help you get back into the game for a winning season. To take advantage of this and many more excellent guides, offers, and resources, simply sign up at BetUS today and kick off your season in style. Soccer leagues return this weekend, and we got all the intel you'll need. What's up, everyone? It's Danny from BetUS, America's favorite sportsbook. The beautiful game is back with top-notch games this weekend, including Tottenham versus Man City in the English Premier League and Frankfurt versus Dortmund in the German Bundesliga. Looking to start the season on the right foot? Then head over to our BetUS Soccer YouTube channel, where you have expert cappers for the European leagues. Get the best advice, analysis, and predictions each week, and make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification. So stay tuned and don't miss out on all the action here at BetUS, where the game begins. This August, exclusive to our BetUS Soccer YouTube channel. The top four European leagues covered weekly. All matches previewed by the best betting experts. Picks, predictions, and match analysis hosted by ex-Premier League soccer player Gordon Flash Watson. Subscribe, hit that bell button, and never miss a show. BetUS, where the game begins. football season. Gary Seegers, Kyle Hunter, and Parker Fleming will break down the games live every Wednesday and Thursday on our BetUS College Football YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit that bell now, and never miss a show. BetUS, where the game begins. And this is America's favorite sports book. This is the week one. It's the 2021-22 season for the English Premier League. And it's going to be crazier than ever. So, so excited. We've got Man City sitting at the top as favorites. And at the other end, 
We've got Norwich as favourites to go through the trap door. Before I introduce the two people that are going to show you the ropes all the way through the season, give you winners, give you knowledge, and also steer you clear of maybe a few traps when uh, lines look like they're a little bit too good to be true. In the first four weeks, we tread carefully. We're like walking on not quite eggshells and not quite broken glass. So just let's uh, take it easy. But first of all, if you go to betus.com, then sign up. And we'll give you a massive promo bonus of 125%, up to $2,500. And your promo code is EPL2021. So you put in EPL2021, that will get you up to $2,500. And that's 125% bonus. Now, we'd also like you to subscribe and also ring the bell. Press the bell and that will mean we'll notify you. And you'll not miss any content again. And that'll be a massive bonus because we've got the BetUS Soccer Channel. And also we've got the BetUS official channel where every single sport will be there. Now, today, how lucky am I? Not just today, but for the whole season. I've got award-winning owner of We Love Betting UK, Mark O'Hare. Mark, you always smile when I say award-winning. Are you going to be embarrassed <laughs> of lifting that gong? A little bit, yeah. I'm not, I don't really sort of take uh, that kind of introduction too well, but I appreciate it. It's very kind. How about, did they give you like a big trophy? Was it like big? No, only small, unfortunately. I bet you, I bet you clean it and shine it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not even on display, in fairness. Okay, well, Mark's going to give you all the knowledge throughout the season. And listen, the knowledge comes in both, both ways. It's either we're going to be on this. Or we're going to steer clear of this. And the man on my other side is Mark Stinchcomb. He's going to be called Stinch for the whole season, so there's no confusion. But Stinch, you are the odds compiler for a European for European odds, so you will be out of a spot when we look like it's a trap, or is it a gift? How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Flash. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, I'd like to think that uh, hopefully I can marry up the knowledge with some insight into why the odds maybe appear too high or appear too low, or perhaps, as you say, sometimes they are just right and we could uh, swerve and move on to the next game. Mark, do you think it's fair to say that the sharpest books in the world is the English Premier League? Probably, probably, I would say, over the course of the season, yes, because I think most of the sharp money comes from Asia. And as you know, a lot of the Premier League teams are very prominent in Asia. They're very popular. So, yeah, a lot of the smart money will automatically go towards the Premier League because just everybody loves it because it's so entertaining, isn't it? Yeah. Now, listen, let me give you the format of how we're going to go throughout the season. We're going to cover games where we've got picks. Now, if we get through that, and remember, we're live, so you can get yourselves in the chat. If, if, we, if there's a game that you're interested in and we've not covered it, then put it in the chat. Mark, I can see the, the chat now. So I was going to get my wingman, Mark O'Hare, to, to just give me a nudge on if you wanted anything, if I couldn't see it. I can actually see it in there. So if there is games at the end, if we have got time, we'll give you the reasons why they're not on our official list. And sometimes that's just as important as actually giving you, uh, giving you winners, because if you don't bet, you don't lose. OK, Let's crack on. Mark, we're going to have our first game. It's a curtain raiser. It's at the Brentford Community Stadium. Newcomers to the Premier League. Brentford, they host Arsenal. Now, what Arsenal are we going to get? Are we going to get the free-flowing Arsenal? Or are we going to get the David and Goliath? Where Goliath, in this case being Arsenal, they get turned over. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky game for Arsenal to kick off the season. I think people who look back to 12 months ago will see how Arsenal put Fulham away quite comfortably, 3-0, a newly promoted Fulham. But uh, this is different. Uh, Fulham only had a couple of weeks preparation time during the pandemic to get ready for the new season. We're building a brand new squad and, and Arsenal were well settled, whereas the reverse is probably around this time around. Uh, Brentford have had plenty of time to adjust and, and do their business before the season starts. They haven't had huge amounts of players away in international duty across the summer, whereas Arsenal really have. Uh, so they haven't had the smoothest of transitions into the, the new season. They haven't had the, the most pleasant pre-seasons either. Uh, they have made a decent signing in Ben White in defence, but uh, yeah, I'd expect more from them going forward this season. I think that's where they fell down last term. They were creating chances, they just weren't taking them. Aubameyang had a bit of a, an odd campaign, uh, but defensively they were strong. Uh, I do expect uh, Arsenal to have a decent season this time around, um, but for Brentford, they should be looking towards the, the mid-table uh, at least, really. They, they should be looking at what Leeds achieved last season and believing they can you know, repeat the feat, really. Um, 
they come up with a, a great deal of uh, expression in their team. They like to play attacking front foot football. Thomas Frank is a, a reasonably wise coach as well. He's tried to sort of uh, add a bit of bulk, give them a bit more physicality to their, to their game. In the past two, three seasons, they were being bullied uh, when they first came into the championship. Not so much anymore. Um, so, yeah, I expect them to go toe-to-toe with Arsenal in this game. Uh, and also, it's bear, you need to bear in mind as well, this is basically Brentford's first game with supporters in their brand new stadium in the Premier League for the first time in 74 17,000. 17,000. Yeah. Now, obviously, people remember Griffin Park. You'd be, there was been nights when you'd lucky to have 17. Never mind 17,000. <laughs> it's going to be buzzing. I mean, it's a real banana skin, this stinch for Arsenal, isn't it? I mean, I expect goals because I think that both teams have to play on the front foot. And I think this season more than ever, you have got to get off to a good start. Now, the problem with Brentford, do they let goals in? Or are they going to score enough goals? Yeah, I think we discussed Brentford on the Future Show and I said I thought it was wrong, basically, they rated as the, the third worst team in the league. I definitely see them, I basically see them doing what Leeds did last season. Maybe not as uh, in the style of play, as intense in terms of their pressing, but I certainly expect them to pick up enough wins to stay up easily. I've got them finishing probably around about 12th, 13th. I definitely think that's it within their, their sort of target zone. Um, in terms of the match odds here, I, I was tempted to, to side with Brentford yeah, by backing them maybe plus a half. Um, well, stay there, Look, OK, you know, keep talking. But we'll get the odds up then. We'll have a little look. And so you can actually talk through what you thought may or may not have been appealing. So if we have a little look at this and you're looking at maybe Brentford at maybe look, plus a half is minus 105. So for me, they're not taking any chances on, on Brentford. Money lines at plus 310, but the over two and a half goals at minus 115. You could go that way and not worry who wins. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I definitely think, uh, I think the main line, the odds are about right. Arsenal last season, they played Crystal Palace and Sheffield United away towards the end of the season. And they were they were a lot shorter. So I do think that uh, unlike the, the futures market, the, the market is respecting Brentford a little bit more in the match odds. So I, th- I think the match odds look okay for now. I think in hindsight, maybe in a few weeks, if Brentford get off to a good start, we might look back and say, oh, you know, they look like a nice prize. But there's no need to take any chances early doors, you've already stated. So, yeah, I mean, Friday night under the lights, supporters back, first time in the league. I would definitely rather side with goals than against goals. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going that way. And I was looking and thinking, well, Brentford, I think Arsenal don't keep clean sheets. But there again, we saw an Arsenal side last year, Mark, where they looked a little bit more solid and they went a few games of actually not conceding. So then I'm thinking to myself, oh, I've gone I've gone personally with the overs. I've gone with the overs. Do you think I'm on the right side? Yeah, I, I'd echo both of your thoughts, really. I'd, I'd rather be with goals than, than sort of choosing either team, really. If I had to, I'd, I'd be opposing Arsenal and getting Brentford on side just because of the emotional aspect of playing a home game in the top flight for the first time and Arsenal being probably slightly underprepared compared to Brentford, considering where their players were this summer. But uh, yeah, I think goals is a good shout. Uh, Brentford will play in the right way. We'll go out trying to score. We'll believe they can, can win the match too, and that should lead us towards a, an enjoyable first game. Yeah, I, I cannot see any, anything but goals, to be honest. And I think it will be an open game and that will bring Arsenal in. Oh, listen, it might be an in-play job as well. And obviously you get live in-play here at BetUS as well. Maybe Brentford go up and then all the double chance Arsenal. Maybe Arsenal to come back and uh, and pick up the three points from a losing position. Now let's have a look at the official picks. I'm, listen, and don't worry about the passes because the passes mean that they just weren't convinced about putting their money down. So we've got a pass from uh, Mark O'Hare, who actually has indicated that he wants to be with goals. That's great because I've gone with over two and a half goals at minus 115. And Stinch, he quite liked maybe the double chance at Brentford, but they're leans. They're not official picks. So it's a pass. It's over two and a half goals for me and don't care who wins at minus 115. And Stinch has gone past, but he quite likes the double chance of a Brentford. Remember, it's Friday night, so don't be waking up Saturday morning thinking, I can't believe I've just missed that game. Now, I'm going to go on now to the second game, and it's Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. It's the Super Cup winners in Chelsea 
against a team that no one likes playing home or away in Crystal Palace because you don't know what you're going to get. Marco here, Chelsea, they're going to be there or thereabouts. I fancy that they could well win the Premier League, but Super Cup during the week against Villarreal, and now they host Crystal Palace. Do they let us down? Um, I don't expect them to, to let punters down, no. Um, Chelsea, I think, will be better for the run, even if they did have to go 120 minutes in midweek. I uh, just think the, the ability and the, the squad depth that they've got available to them should stand them in good stead. And I think on the future show, I went quite negative on Crystal Palace and I completely stick with those views, really. And I think the first few weeks of the season could be quite telling. We could be able to see where the Eagles are going this season uh, because there's been a huge amount of change on and off the field, uh, particularly in the dugout with Patrick Vieira, who I do believe the jury is massively out on. Uh, we really wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't last the season. Um, and I think he's trying to embed... Uh, or imprint a, a brand new style, a brand new system, uh, and also some new players. And look, the, the new players, the new signings have been quite impressive. Let's let's be honest about it. Uh, a lot of them have done it in the in the championship and really, really impressed and deserve their step up to the to the Premier League. However, uh, I'm just always kind of against teams who have had to have a huge overhaul um, across a few months, really, because it's a big ask, really, to, to get everything right on the opening day. And it's a big ask to go to Stamford Bridge and get a result on the opening day, considering those circumstances, too. But, you know, Chelsea are quite understandably very short price favourites to win this match. And I really Mark, did Chelsea come out of the traps, though? Do they come out of the traps? Are someone going to be thinking that Chelsea had no value on the money line, but there is value maybe half time, full time and they get off to a fast start? Uh, I wouldn't be counting on them to coming out coming out of the traps flying. I don't think it's really Thomas Tuchel's style to to be doing that. Really, they've been very more much more measured and controlled uh, during the six months under his watch. Uh, you know, just kind of grinding out results, not being anything flashy or or expansive. Really, it's just about you know, getting the job done and, and getting the three points and moving on. So maybe we'll see a different side to Chelsea this season from the off. But uh, yeah, for me, this is kind of a game where I just want to leave alone. Um, I think there's probably better bets elsewhere. Yeah, it's a watching brief stinch because the, the big thing about Palace is you cannot trust them with or without your money. And the, if there's one team you don't really want to play on the first day of the season, it is Crystal Palace. New vigour, new players, new manager. Everything tells me potential banana skin. Potential banana skin means keep your money in your pocket. It's a watching brief. Ah, from my side, I want to take a, take a stab at a big price. You know, because we've got a lot of margin for error. If that's all, all good with you, Flash. Without a doubt. Let's have a little look at see how uh, strong they are. Remember, Super Cup, Champions League winners, and they're hosting. They're at home, so they're going to be they're going to be like under a little bit of pressure. There's going to be a full house for the first time in a long while. But at minus three seventy five on the opening day, and we know there's strange results in the first four see first four weeks of the season. Over two and a half goals. I'm not liking that they score three neither because I think the point stinch are more important. Where is their value if there is value on that page? Well, I'm looking a bit further afield uh, in the in the props market with okay. a striker that knows the Premier League very well and also knows Chelsea very well. And that's Christian Benteke to score at plus 550, which I think is massive. I think he should be about plus 350. Dangerous finished, set pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a big Benteke fan when he was at Aston Villa. He had a great record, played really well, got his big money moved to Liverpool. Didn't work out because he didn't fit the style of play. And then for about two seasons, he just seems to have massively lost his confidence. But something seems to have clicked at the back end of last season. He got seven goals in his final 12 games under a manager like Roy Hodgson, who's not known for his attacking football. He scored against Spurs, Arsenal and Chelsea in that run, so he's capable of it against the big teams. He's actually got a really good record against Chelsea in the Premier League. It's seven goals in 12 games as well. And you already mentioned Chelsea played in the Super Cup last night, and that's really not ideal preparations. You know, going 120 minutes after the players have been all around the world this summer, you know, the Euros, the Olympics, the Copa America. Um, so I don't really know who's going to be showing up in that back back three. Last night he gave a debutant to Trevor Shalaber. So I think there's definitely a vulnerability in that Chelsea back line on the opening day of the season just because of their, of their difficult preparation, shall we say. Mark, I just see Palace at plus 11.50. There's going to be shocks over this weekend. I don't care what anyone says. I'm expecting at least one or two either upsets or either like, wow, I had, I, 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 that could definitely have happened. Do you think that uh, 
I guess at plus 11.50, someone's going to have a bit of, or there was a bit of plus one and a half on Palace, so they don't get beat by two. Um, again, I think Stinch is probably a better place to, to get with the underdog than I am, to be honest. I'm really down on Palace, and I think it'd be wrong to kind of go against those feelings of the first game when they're going away to Chelsea. I get everything he said, and he's absolutely bang on about Chelsea probably being a little bit undercooked and a bit, you know, probably possibly tired from midweek as well. But uh, I think there's probably better battles to play. OK, well, Rampage in the chat's going with Chelsea to win an under three and a half, uh, minus 110. And Govinda's asking about Man United Leeds. Well, we'll see if we can get to that game at the very end because you flick the coin in the air. That could come up any which way. OK, let's have a little look at the official picks because I'm sure that there's going to be a couple of passes in here. And yes, Mark's gone with a pass. I've definitely gone with a pass only because I think the potential Bonanski and I want to watch um, Chelsea and see if they've got the same intent. But look at that. And by the way, look at me getting you a bit of better value. Benteke, anytime goal scorer at plus 650. Stinch, you have gone in there. Can you imagine we do this show next week and Stinch is already six and a half units up? But remember, he is so dangerous. And there might even be some other types of props if you, if you shop around that like shots on target, shots off target, because he's going to get on the end of a few. So, Stinch, you like that 650? Yeah, 650 is massive. Like, you know, this this show is all about betting and that means it's all about value. And as I say, I think he should be closer to about 350. So, for me, I think that's fantastic. First day of the season, fresh from uh, not much action in the Euros. He's already got a couple of goals in his last two games in pre-season friendlies. And he's got a great record against Chelsea and he'll be well up for that battle. Yeah, we'll definitely be cheering you on there. We'll be jumping around if you uh, notch a little plus 6.50 on, on the first day of the season. So that's Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. It's be a very, very tight, but maybe an exciting game. We will maybe see both teams to score and the overs. I don't expect it to be nil-nil. I, fan I fancy maybe both teams do score. So there's plenty there, but for two of us, it's a pass. But a plus 6.50 from Stinch, he's come in all guns blazing. Then a third game, I know that we are all got an opinion. This may confuse you a little bit because we're off to the King Power Stadium. It is Leicester versus Wolves. A lot of people think that Leicester are going to be one of them sides that could could break into the top four. Leicester versus Wolves, Mark O'Hare. We've got Leicester, who are going great guns. Wolves, new manager, players coming back from injury. And there's also word that a few of these players might not still be with Wolves come transfer deadline ending on the 31st of August. Yeah, this is a really interesting game. Um, I think Leicester have got big aspirations to finally break the top four. Uh, they spent more time in the top four in the last two seasons than any other team and still missed out twice. So they feel like there's uh, work to be done to try and get into the top four. And I think the, the business that they've done this summer in signing Dakar and Samari is really smart deals. It looks like they're getting Vestigado over the line as well, which is really key because they're really short on centre-halves with uh, Sunshu's had a poor Euros, obviously. Johnny Evans is injured. Fafana's injured long-term as well. But they've also got issues elsewhere as well. Uh, Castagna, uh, Mendy, Justin, all supposed to be missing or, or not 100% for this match. So you looked at the team that played in the Community Shield last week. They went 4-4-2. Uh, Amati had to fill in at centre-back. Pereira was right back, who hasn't been the greatest since he came back from injury either. So I do think there's gaps in this team and areas in which Wolves can try and exploit. But going forward, it's quite exciting, isn't it? Now, Dak has joined Fardy, Iheanacho, Madison. Perez, uh, Barnes is fit as well. So, you know, I've got no issue with Leicester going forward, but defensively, I think they could be quite vulnerable to a Wolves Mark, team. what type of Wolves do we see, though? Because Wolves, they they were the typical draw half-time, we'll win it second half, patient team that found a way of scoring. They scored more goals late on than anybody else. They were drawing at half-time more than anybody else. Are we going to see a different type of Wolves that are going to come out and go, well, we don't really want to be playing catch-up football? I think we will. Uh, I think that's what we're being promised. And, and let's let's not beat around the bush. Uh, Wolves were, were dull. They were boring the last yes. year. Um, they were really quite bland. Whereas there has now been a transition towards Bruno uh, Larger, who's kind of come in as a Portuguese head coach, unsurprisingly. Uh, but his remit is to play more offensive, attack-minded football. Uh, Wolves fans got bored of what they were seeing, and, and the board did as well. So they've made this change. 
too often where they're playing on the counter-attack and utilising set pieces and, as you say, starting slowly. Now it's about trying to get the ball forward and play more proactive football. And if you look at the injury news, Raul Jimenez, crucially, is now fit and available, which is massive for Wolves. Oh, uh, Trincao yeah. is quite an exciting signing. Uh, Adama has been fit and available, didn't play much in the Euros. Gibbs-White has been lively in pre-season as well. So I do think they can cause Leicester problems. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking goals in this game. Uh, the market seems to have priced up goals based on last season's efforts and last season's data, whereas I think the reality is Nuno's gone, Wolves have had a refresh. The players might be pretty similar, but we've got a head coach here who wants Wolves to play a bit more forward-thinking football. And I think that might be to our advantage, really, in the betting markets in the first few weeks. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. But I think that Stinch, he's gone on the other side of the fence because when I first looked at this game, Stinch, I went team total, Leicester over one and a half. And then I started thinking, OK, there's other ways that maybe I'm going to not get beat here. But Stinch, how do you see the game? Because Wolves having Raul Jimenez back is beyond massive for them. He's their talisman. He's their target man. And everything builds up. Where do you see value in this game, especially with these numbers? Because they actually are going and there's been a bit of uh, support for Wolves because earlier on in the week they were like plus 500 and the money line for Leicester was like minus 160. Yeah, to be honest, I think it's a difficult game to assess because we don't really know how Bruno Lager is going to change things. I know Mark said he's been brought in to play more offensive football, but we're not sure, you know, Leicester away on the first day of the season in the first day in a new job is the time really to maybe go out and play offensive football. And we've seen how Leicester, you know, they prefer to play on the counter-attack. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if Lager plays you know, on the counter-attack, maybe they'll cancel each other out. And that's the angle I'm coming at here, because when they played each other over the last two seasons, there's in four matches, there's only been one goal. We've had three nil-nil yeah, draws exactly. and just a one-nil win. Yeah. And Fab, can you leave this screen up a bit longer? Because with all three of us, I've got plays here and I, there's loads of markets that I want to talk about. So if you could leave it up like maybe three times as long as normal, because I've actually I've actually gone with don't complicate it, Leicester money line. And the reason I'm highlighting that early is because of what Stinch has just said. I think that when you talk, when you get a new manager and you have a new setup and a new way of playing, see, uh, players take it too literally. And I, and I think that they will maybe go on the front foot too early. And the one thing Leicester want you to do is go on the front foot, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be backing Wolves to win this match at all. I think they are fragile. I think they are vulnerable because of the, the coaching change and the transition to changing style, which, you know, if we're led to believe everything we're told, they do want to play forward-thinking football, you know, is a big movement away from what they were last season. So have they had enough time on the training paddock and in pre-season to imprint those ideas? Um, it's questionable, really. Normally, you have to wait three, four weeks of the of the season to start before you start seeing massive changes. But I do think that that kind of proactive attitude does lead to more gaps on the field, both forward and back in both boxes. I just think the injury news as well in both camps. Wolves have got issues in defence themselves, uh, but have got key players and forward positions available. Lends itself to a more goal-heavy game. Yeah, I'm, Stinch, I look at that and I go, well, over one and a half for Leicester. Leicester must score two at minus 115. And then I think the Wolves score because of Leicester's defensive problem. So the over two and a half at plus 105. I think there's going to be quite a bit of action on this game from many different angles. What do you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm the opposite. Just I'm just sticking with the tried and tested. As I say, when they yeah. seem to, when they play each other, they cancel each other out. And, you know, looking at the, the underlying statistics, so looking at the expected goals, for example, the average across those four games is just 2.2, which would have have odds closer to minus 160. So the fact you can get minus 125 on under 2.5. I know it's first day of the season and the fans are going to be back and everything, but the fans were still there in a couple of those games that both finished nil-nil. Um, so, yeah, I'm just sticking with the, the, the what the evidence tells me rather than maybe guessing what might happen. Love that. Love that. And uh, it's not quite guessing. It's basically we calculate <laughs> on this show. All right. But no, I get that. I get I get that on the old format of the way that these teams set up and the way they play. Minus 160 for the under two and a half. And yeah, I would have said maybe even the market would have been two. But, and you're getting one minus 125. So if you do think it's going to be a dull game, then you are getting like 35 cents. Um, you're, you're in front straight away if you go with the way that Stinch goes. If you go with the way that myself and Marco Hare go, then you're getting plus money for goals. 
and and I can see goals because I think that both teams are going to want to get something out of this game. And I wouldn't rule out a little 2-2 or something bonkers like that. But I think that both teams do score and I think that one of them will at least get two goals. Let's have a little look at the official picks because this is the first game of the season where all three of us have had have a pick. We don't confer, by the way. We do our own individual uh, research and we come up with it. It's both teams to score like that. Minus 105 for Mark O'Hare. I've gone with Leicester straight. Don't complicate it. Minus 140. And that's probably about as high as you will see my prices all season. And under two and a half at minus 125. But remember, Stinch says that that really should be around the minus 160 if you go over recent years. Can't really go over recent years when we have a new manager, new personnel, and we have both defences in this side that are depleted. So, Going to be a good game. Going to be a good game to watch because all three of us are involved. Anything in the chat. Uh, Rampage is moaning because he's saying that Leicester only won last week because City missed chances. If you don't score, you don't win, Rampage. Simple as that. Let's move on because this is probably the most boring game on paper. It's We're off to turf more. And this side has got to get off to an unbelievable start because otherwise they will be playing catch-up. It's Burnley versus Brighton. Burnley, whoa, three years ago, everyone wanted to be with Burnley. Last year, everyone wanted to beat up on Burnley. I think they were probably one of the biggest sides to miss the crowds. No one really wanted to go there in the recent past. And then last year, they couldn't win a game against a Brighton side who should have been in the top eight with possession, with chances made, but they found a way to drop points every single week from winning positions. Stinch, I'm going to come to you first because a lot of people are going to go, ah, Brighton. They'll beat Burnley. I'm not so sure. I think Burnley will be buzzing. Yeah, I think the thing you have to factor in this season is the return of the fans, isn't it? And, you know, I mean, you I guess you've played at Turf Moor. You know how close the fans are to the ground, how well they get behind their team. You know, fans of Burnley aren't fans that travel up from London or whatever. You know, they are the local people and they take pride in their team. So I think, yeah, it'll be well up for it. Uh, in terms of the this matchup, I think Brighton are missing Danny Welbeck and he contributed a lot in the second half of last season when he seemed to get himself fit and it was arguably more important than Neil, than Neil Morpé. So it depends really, like if Burnley win the individual battles, you know, like from the set pieces and that, I can easily see Burnley nicking a winner. But if Brighton get the ball on the deck, maybe weather that first 20 minutes where Burnley are pumping the balls into the box, and who knows, but obviously Chris Wood's been away for Burnley's, their talisman has he's been away at the Olympics, so maybe he'll have some fatigue or something. I don't think that many of Brighton players have been away on international duty, so perhaps maybe siding with Brighton is the way to go when you can when you can keep them on side with the, with a zero ball. Um, Contrasting yeah. styles though, Stinch. Contrasting styles because we've got one team that doesn't want to go through midfield, wants to go from back to front, put you under pressure and pin you in your own uh, your own third against a Brighton side who are very easy on the eye. They like to play their football. They like to have a slow and deliberate build-up, but they're very comfortable on the ball. And listen, they should have been maybe 10, 15 points better off than they actually finished off the season with. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And maybe Brighton have got that soft underbelly. You know, they don't they don't convert their chances and they give away easy ones. And how much of a miss is Ben White going to be now he's completed his move to Arsenal? You've got Lewis Dunk, who's fantastic in the air, uh, Webster as well. But maybe, you know, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes could bully them. I don't think it's going to be a classic, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect this to be like a 4-3. Uh, Barca man uh, is in the chat and he's already put his, uh, he's nailed his colours to the mask. He's gone draw half-time, Mark O'Hare. I think that this is probably going to be a tight game, but I don't see the home team, the home team getting beat. So that means there's going to be value it may be taking a handicap or getting the money line at really good plus money. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Burnley, I think, coming into the season, there's a fair amount of concern, not just from people within Burnley, but outside, because Sean Dyche is in the final year of his contract. He's quite clearly getting a bit frustrated by the lack of financial investment and support he's received. Just the one signing so far, that's Nathan Collins, who probably wouldn't even make their best 11 coming into the season either. So well, not people would even know who he is. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's it's not going to be anything different from Burnley. Same style, same system, same personnel. Um, I'm not aware of any major injuries in the camp either. Just Chris Wood being away from 
from duty with the Olympics. So, you know, they'll kind of relish this game, playing a possession-heavy team. They'll be able to contain, counter, utilise those set pieces, go forward quickly. So, yeah, I'm not expecting a classic at all. Um, and I do think Brighton, <coughs> excuse me, are potentially vulnerable. Um, you know, Stinch has already mentioned Welbeck uh, um, and White's sale as well. But Lamptey and Byrne are missing as well. So they miss a bit but of that's penetration bigger for me. Yeah, that's bigger for me because they used to sit in that four. They used to go forward down the right, pull back in from the left to make sure they always had that cover. But yeah, I think that's bigger for me than Welbeck, who probably had bigger impact coming off the bench. I just see that I think this is the first game. Let's look at these odds, though, Mark, because I'm just going to stay with you because it's the first time I've seen the home side at such great value. I'm like, OK, it's a pick em now. Draw no bet at plus 125. Well, that was... And this tells you where the money's going because that was plus a half at minus 115. Money line at plus 220. Brighton at plus 145. And the over two and a half has gone. It's now just two. So they are expecting the old one nil, 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 or maybe a two nil. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, Brighton's issues last season were not just creating, wasn't creating chances, it was converting chances. And they haven't fixed that issue over the summer, which I think is a, a massive negative against them. And if you look at their record against bottom half teams last season, they only won four times in 18. Nine of those 18 games were draws. And I look at the draw price, plus two to 210, and that really appeals to me. Uh, we talked about head-to-head -head records recently uh, in the last chat, but uh, since 2017-18, these two teams have drawn five of eight head-to-head -head games, including three of the last four, all of which came under the same coaches. Uh, and only once in those eight games uh, over the past four seasons has this match been set up by more than a single goal. So, you know, these two teams know each other pretty well, uh, and more often than not, they're tight matches. So I thought the draw was, was the obvious pick here. Yeah, it is. And you're going to hear me say this all through the season. I've said it for many years and you will come. Listen, we made plenty, plenty money during the Euros on just continually do this stinch. And you're the uh, figures guy. Whenever the draw is anywhere near plus 200, just go with the draw. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to think too much outside the box, do you? If it's a low scoring game, that automatically means that the draw is more likely to happen. And because of the nature of, of win draw win prices, the draw price is, is often at least bigger than one of the teams to win. And in this instance, it's Brighton. I couldn't put anyone off taking, you know, maybe taking a bit of a chance and going with nil nil around about plus six fifty as well. No, that, that's the obvious score. I think the nil nil is the obvious score. So that means you go nil nil or you go draw half time. Remember, uh, you go over to betus.com. We've got the result after seventy five minutes. I quite like this as a 75-minute game, to be honest, gentlemen. I think if someone's going to get a winner, it might be where the concentration levels go in the last 15, 20 minutes, including injury time. So I would go with a draw around plus 195 after 70 minutes, but I can't put anyone off draw half-time, draw full-time, or draw after 75 minutes. But let's have a little look at the officials because, remember, it's the first four weeks of the season, so I don't want to be having nine and ten different bets. I want to try and be really selective. So it's draw at plus 210. Pass for me, pass for Stinch, and we will be doing the records. So this is another reason why you join us, because we only we don't want to guess. Remember that, Stinch. We don't guess. We make sure that we're on the right side. And listen, it's not always going to go our way, but I'm sure by the end of the season, we'll all be in profit, and that means that you'll be in profit, and that's why you're going to watch all the uh, soccer, soccer games. Now, I'm going to go on to this next game, because we've got the newcomers. It's Norwich versus... Liverpool. Liverpool won the league two years ago by 20 points. They weren't sighted. You couldn't find them a map and a compass last year. And now the, the new boys, Norwich, are going to host them. Wow. Stinch, I'm going to come to you first here because I really think that Liverpool do a number on these. And I think the value that we've found is, is going to be immense. I mean, they've got injury players that they missed last year. They've come back. And Norwich's big problem when they were up last time was they didn't score enough goals and they didn't keep enough clean sheets. Yeah, I think in this game, obviously, already Liverpool have the advantage in terms of the better the better players. But then they've got their Liverpool have got their better players returned from injury, and Norwich have lost their best players to injury and other issues. So if if the the scales were already in Liverpool's favour, they'd just been further tilted, in my opinion. I mean, Van Dijk being back for Liverpool is just going to give the whole not only the whole team but the whole club a huge boost. The way he organises that defence. 
and not only from a from a defensive point of view, but you know the way he organizes the the team going forward, the press able to pick those long ranging passes out to the wingers from centre back. I just think it's going to be such a massive boost. And I'm I'm really shocked that uh, I mean we'll come on to the bet in a second. But with uh, we discussed in the future show how I think Wendier is going to be a huge, huge miss for Norwich. 15 goals and 16 assists last season. I mean, they had him in the Premier League two years ago, and they still, you know, they still just fell away, didn't they? Really, really tamely. Uh, Todd Cantwell is another highly rated player. It's likely he's going to miss this game as well, which is a big miss. Is so he, he going to miss of, it because they don't want him to get injured and they don't want the opportunity of big money going? Well, maybe. That is Norwich's business model. You can't really argue with it when you're signing Brendier for one and a half million and signing him selling him for 30 million. I don't think they're going to sell Cantwell. Uh, I think they would have done that business earlier on in the season, or earlier on in the in the transfer window if it was going to happen. But as you know, like transfer deadline day, anything can happen. So, yeah, maybe there's something in that. I don't know. But I think well, Norwich, basically, if in the, for this game, they're going to be massively reliant on Timu Puki. And he's not even played 90 minutes in friendlies. He's still not fully fit. So with Liverpool getting the, the defenders back, I think it's a massive uphill task for Norwich. I only see uh, Norwich scoring, Mark, from a set piece, a deflection, the ricochet, the little Irish uh, right-back that plays for most teams. I don't. I just do not see Norwich bothering Liverpool here. So I see Liverpool winning comfortably. And, it, and then he brings in the old uh, Sadio Mane score any time, Salah score any time, and maybe even one of the uh, fullbacks because that's where the game's won and lost, especially with Van Dijk coming out with the ball. Yeah, yeah, I could add, couldn't really add too much more to what you guys have already said, really. Um, as well, from a Liverpool perspective, you've mentioned Salah and Mane there. They haven't been away with their international teams during the summer, so they should be fit, fresh and firing. They've not had a huge amount of break in the last three years, so they'll be very, you know, very uh, keen to get back on the field after a bit of a break. And also Firmino, uh, Diego Jota, I don't think either of them played more than sort of 250 minutes in the summer with their international teams either. So Liverpool should be rested. Um, Wijnaldum, I think, will be a big blow, but I think we'll see that more in time rather than in the first game away at Norwich, who, let's be honest, I don't believe their transfer business during the summer has been massively inspiring. Uh, Josh Sargent has promised plenty for quite some time in German football and never really delivered goals, just a lot of industry. Uh, and then Rositska, who uh, has the ability to play as a playmaker and, and create something, but again, hasn't done it consistently or, or showed the appetite to, to sort of you know, dig his heels in and, and, and battle really for a team struggling at the wrong end of the table. So yeah, there are question marks over Norwich. Uh, the last time they came up, they played very expansively, very attacking in the first few weeks and and were paid, you know, they, were, they were kind of put away quite comfortably as well at times. But uh, this time around, they've played much more controlled, conservative football. They still offer a lot going forward, but they're, they're not quite as gung-ho. So really interested to see how they set up for this game, but it's very difficult to see them getting a result. Yeah, man for man, all over the park. Not one of these Norwich boys would get in this uh, Liverpool side and not many of them would but even get in the Liverpool squad. So let's have a little look and see how lopsided the lines are, even though we've found plenty value. And I have, I have found a plus number as well that I absolutely love. Uh, team total, over or under for Norwich? You're drawn to it straight away. Under half a goal at plus 115. So that means Norwich, Stinch, not scoring, you're getting plus money. Wow. How does that, of all of them numbers, how does that look about this big? Yeah, that massively jumps off the, the page to me when you consider that them to score is minus one four five. You wouldn't you wouldn't get rich long term if you're back in Norwich to score at that price. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, this is not yeah, Pickham. Basically, I would have thought Norwich clean sheet. Oh, sorry, Liverpool clean sheet. Yes or no would be about minus one ten. So the fact that we can get plus one one five, I think anything above evens is a good bet. Yeah, what about that? I'm not so sure about the under and over three goals because Liverpool cannot afford to drop points, Mark. So I fancy it's a 1-0, 2-0, just get the job done. Or do they go crazy and we see like a hat-trick on first day of the season from like a Salah or a Mane? Well, these two teams played each other in the first game of the season two seasons ago and it was an absolute corker, wasn't it? Really, really entertaining. That was at Anfield. So, um I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, you know I've I've listened to to Stinch and absolutely in love with that angle and love with the price as well. Fantastic price, the plus money. Uh, I think Liverpool do a job on them and, and reasonably comfortably too. So you're in love with the Norwich not to score at plus one one five. Yeah. 
but I, I love that because now see that see that's like a man finds a new girlfriend well <laughs> let me just introduce you to an absolute supermodel because have a little look at what i found here's the official picks and if we like norwich not to score and we like liverpool to win you liked plus 115 how about a little bit of Liverpool win to nil at plus 130? So move yourself over, Stinch, and I'll be taking <laughs> your man. Listen, they're both great bets, to be fair. You're just keeping nil-nil on your side. It's a pass from Marco Hare. It's a massive plus 130 for me. Liverpool win to nil. I don't see Norwich scoring. And the man that doesn't see Norwich scoring has gone with plus 115. Stinch, you like that, didn't you? Plus 130? Yeah, very nice. Very nice. You're right. I'm just covering the nil-nil just in case, but... We would like to think that that front four of Salah, Mane, Firmino and Jota, Jota looks, has been looking awesome in pre-season, would eventually have enough to get the job done. Yeah, I wouldn't put anyone off. A little bit of Van Dijk, anytime goal scorer as well. Towers over the uh, Norwich defenders. And also, great delivery from both sides, whether it be Robertson, whether it be um, whoever plays on that right side. Are we expecting Trent Alexander-Arnold to be back and fit and healthy? Yeah, 100%. I think Robertson's going to miss the first, at least the first game. So I think we'll be seeing the Greek fullback, who I don't think a lot of people really know about. I certainly I certainly don't. But yeah, Trent, we all know how good Trent's delivery is. And I think Van Dijk actually scored in, in that win over Norwich two seasons ago at Anfield. So yeah, who knows whether he could uh, immediately mark his return with, with a goal. Okay, well then let's move on. So we've given Liverpool the three points there and uh, I've definitely given them a clean sheet. Stinch is with us and Marco here. I fancy he's gone past, uh, but I fancy he'll be sneaking a little bit of uh, an investment on that game. So let's move on because this is a game, again, it's going to polarise people. We're going to the North East. It's 52,000 people. That's like a cliche nowadays that you go to St James's Park and it's Newcastle versus West Ham. West Ham just blew everyone out of the water last year with how well they did. Now the pressure's on. Will they be able to do it again? Marco, I'm not so sure that they hit the ground running here because a few of their boys have been away busy during the summer. And also, we've got a Newcastle side that were let off last year. If they were going to go down, I fancy it was last year. I fancy this year. They're not going to be making the same mistake twice. Yeah, this is a, a tricky one to assess, really. Newcastle got the better of West Ham in the opening day last season, but that kind of was the catalyst for West Ham going on that fantastic run to you know, compete for the top four for most of the season and end up in the top six and, and European qualification. And I think that European qualification is the reason why top six probably won't be on West Ham's agenda this time around. But I still think under David Moyes, they're a difficult team to, to get the better of. Uh, they've got plenty players in forward areas who can you know make the difference and and game changes that you look towards to win matches tight matches uh, especially if you're underpinned by a very strong defense as West Ham tend to be under Moyes I know they conceded quite a few goals last season but I still think Moyes is more of a, a cautious type of manager to, to kind of keep that back door shut and, and Newcastle is a stranger and really as you say they kind of got out of, out of jail last season because of the three teams at the bottom were so bad but uh you know, you look towards Callum Wilson and Sam Maximan, they are the two stars, really. And, and Willock is, is signing as well, whether he'll be available for this, I, I doubt. But, you know, if, if those two aren't firing, Newcastle are in big trouble. Uh, the mood around St. James is, is still despondent because the takeover hasn't been able They're never to... happy, though, Mark, are they? They're <laughs> never happy. I mean, I, I've got to go back to Bobby Robson or Shearer. And uh, they always live in the past. And yet they have got decent players. And if they have got decent players and they do get beyond, I'm also, I want to aim this, Mark, at, at you, is do you think that sometimes St. James's Park and the 52,000 Geordies is too big for some players? Yeah, I think the expectation certainly is. You talk about they're never happy and they've got such high standards. And if you don't meet those standards... But they why have they got such it. high standards? <laughs> I weren't even born last time they won anything. I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a one club city thing. Uh, similar stuff happens at Leeds, for example. Big cities with just one club. You know, it's a bit of a goldfish bowl at times, and I think it can be quite difficult for for players to perform to the, the level they're expected to. But uh, it really shouldn't, because you know, if things click, then the St James Park can be an absolutely fantastic place for those players to play their football and and be recognised and be lauded, really. But uh, I just think with the current ownership, there's never going to be that complete kind of. Uh, support behind the team regardless and uh, unfortunately Steve Bruce despite kind of probably playing above expectations in, during his tenure uh, again isn't really 
uh, liked by the Newcastle supporters either. They demand better. So at the moment, until those two issues are resolved, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a difficult place to play. Stinch, you have them, Newcastle, because if he gets it right, that there is no better place to play your football. But I'm just wondering if the... Are we thinking bottom half straight away? Yeah, I think Newcastle, probably their range is sort of 12 to probably 15th, isn't it? Like second half of last season, I think they they played a bit more on the front foot. There was a lot of matches where they were the ones that being the, the proactive side. You know, there was a lot of games where they were averaging nearly sort of 17, 18 shots a game. And under Steve Bruce, that's just unheard of. But there is a massive, massive reliance on Alan Sam Maximum. The drop-off in performance levels in the games he doesn't play is huge. They literally, you know, they literally become a relegated team uh, in terms of uh, statistics in, in the games themselves. You know, they just sit back. They've got no, they've got no, um, nothing going forward in an attacking force. So he's he's absolutely huge, along with Callum Wilson uh, finishing the goals off. I think it'll be really exciting if they can get Woodlock over the line. I wasn't that Where sure. Where are we at with that? Because they said twenty-five million. Is it just? Is it just personal terms now? You'd, you'd imagine they're just haggling, aren't they? Maybe you know, with the agent and whatever fee he he needs, and the fact that deadline day is not quite here yet, it could drag out a bit longer. Um, I think you know, for example, Messi that got done quite quickly, but we're still waiting for confirmation for Lukaku. So it, it's difficult to say exactly why, but. He's, he's, I think he scored seven Premier League games in a row. So if he if you can get him in there with to help out Sam Maximum and Wilson share the load a bit, because so I think defensively they're quite well organised. You know, Steve Bruce used to be a defender himself. You've got a good goalkeeper there, even if it's Darlow or Dubravka. I think they're yeah. both reliable. You got Fernandez, Lascelles, uh, Shah. I think they're you know all, all. I think they're mid, not mid-table defenders, but they're certainly not relegation fodder. But from a betting from a betting angle, they're like coupon busters because you go against them, they'll do you. That's why I'm hoping they get off to a good start so that we can have a bit of confidence in them. And then when we put the money down, they'll go back to their old ways. But they create chances. I see them scoring goals, um, and I just fancy that they do not get beat. Let's have a look at the odds because again, we've got a home side here who are not the favourites. There's a few road dogs this week, and. I like Newcastle not to get beat. So I've gone with a plus half at minus 135. I know you're not going to get rich. I wouldn't put anyone off of Newcastle at plus 230. I just... Do we even expect goals, Mark? Are we going to go over to two and a half at minus 110? Yeah, I, I think I prefer goals than taking sides here. Um, as Stinch said, you know, in the second half of the season, Bruce allowed his team to play with more expression, particularly when Sam Maximum was fit and, and, and Willock was playing and scoring as well. And, you know, this is the first game of the season. No, not everyone's going to be completely up to speed. And, you know, if these two teams, if there's any sort of lack of concentration or lack of organisation in either defence, there are other players on the field to, to cause problems and make a difference, really. So I probably would favour goals over taking either team or on any handicap or whatnot. But uh, I can see their appeal in, in sort of supporting Newcastle at the prices. Stinch, you fancy West Ham scored two? Because that's just jumped out at me. And this is why we do this, because I've just seen, obviously, West Ham under one and a half goals at minus 140. That looks like value to me. I don't fancy they scored two. Yeah, I mean, they've lost Jesse Lingard, haven't they? And he was the catalyst the second and half Suchek's of the season. And Suchek's had a busy, busy summer. Rice, is he going to be fatigued? There, there's a lot of question marks, to be fair. And it looks to be a lot of value on the Newcastle side or just fade West Ham. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree. I was thinking uh, along similar lines as Mark, to be honest, with, with the goal angle, because these two played each other in April and Newcastle won 3-2, and I'd say five goals scored in that game. And I, the thing I quite like about it is both teams, you know, they haven't made a raft of changes. So I think we're likely, they these two are just likely to carry on where they left off last season. So if I had to take a bet here, I'd probably, I'd probably go with the overs. Okay, let's have a little look at the official picks of the boys. Remember, it's uh, week one. We're probably going to be a little bit cagey for the first four weeks. But we've got Mark's gone with pass. I've gone Newcastle double chance, minus 135. I don't see him getting beat. So I'm happy to go for the first uh, the first game of the season. I'll go with a home side, 52,000. It's going to obviously try and get it my way. Too many question marks over uh, West Ham. It's a pass from Stinch as well. But also remember, I don't fancy West Ham score two. So you can also have under one and a half with betus.com. And uh, 
yeah, pick up the little bit of a minus 140. Now, gentlemen, it's the biggest game for so, so many reasons this first weekend. It's Spurs versus Man City. Harry Kane's expected to line up for Spurs. Everyone thought that Harry Kane would be, well, he'd be turning up for uh, for Man City. Mark, I'm just going to sit back here because you could probably talk about this lineup, this fixture, and everything that's gone in between it for at least a day. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, Harry Kane will certainly dominate the headlines coming into this game and, and probably through in the match as well because as far as I've heard, the last thing is he's basically back in full training with the first team on Friday. Uh, and this game is taking place on Sunday. So whether he's going to be involved is doubtful, but whether he starts, I think, is is unlikely. But I wouldn't be too surprised to see him on the bench uh, at the moment through pre-season. Nuno has uh, fielded Son up front on his own, and it's worked pretty well. Uh, there are the signing Brian Hill um, was away at the Olympics with Spain, who I think he'll be a good addition throughout the campaign. But early doors looks like he's going to be a bit tired and, and probably unlikely to feature from the off. But... Uh, yeah, Spurs are an interesting one. Uh, I don't really fancy them this season, um, not because of Nuno specifically, but just because I think it's almost a, a carry-on from Jose Mourinho. He's not quite as negative. He's not quite as dull. I think he's a safe pair of hands and he will keep Spurs in the top half. But you know, I thought they'd make a, a reasonable change in approach. And I think that was the disappointing aspect from Tottenham's perspective is the kind of moving around all different types of coaches. There was no sort of succession planning uh, beyond uh, this summer, really. Uh, coaches who favour attacking football, coaches who play uh, pragmatically and defensively. There was no, no obvious idea as what they were trying to do. So they settled on Nuno. I think he'll do, I think he'll hit par with Spurs. I don't think he'll do anything more than that. But I do think they're a bit short coming into this game because Kane is so influential. He is a skipper. He's the penalty taker. He's, he's everything about Tottenham over the past five, ten years. Uh, and without him, I think they'll they'll miss him, really. Um, they have had a bit of fortune when they've played Man City in previous seasons, particularly under Mourinho, sort of eking out really narrow wins when they've been completely outplayed. So uh, I think Nuno will adopt something similar to, to what they've done previously, playing the counter-attack, playing for set pieces. They have got pace in forward areas with Son, Lucas Moura and Bergwijn as well, but the defence looks really, really ropey at the moment, uh, particularly with Romero, who probably hasn't settled in at all at centre-back, so he's unlikely to start as well. So um, although City aren't up to speed at all, uh, and are missing De Bruyne, are missing Foden. Uh, I just think City have too much in their armoury to to not pick up three points in this game. Yeah, do we fancy Spurs score stinch? Because the Man City squad is so, so strong, even when we have a host of names that are not going to be there, not going to be obviously ready for another few weeks. But we still fancy they've got enough to go to Spurs and get a result, surely. Yeah, it's all about the price at the end of the day, isn't it? Like, Man City are slightly shorter than they were in this game last season, but maybe that's factoring the fact that Kane is unlikely to start and yeah, De Bruyne is unlikely to start for Man City. Um, Kane obviously carries a bigger bigger weight of goals. You know, Man City can easily replace De Bruyne with Mares or Grealish or Bernardo Silva or, or whoever. Uh, I expect Man City to dominate possession. Uh, I think Tottenham are going to set up in that that narrow, compact, maybe a back five, possibly. Um, I have to wait and see what, which way Nuno goes with that. Um, but yeah, with, without without the excuse me, without the uh, fully fit uh, all star, all singing Man Man City forward line, I expect them to Guardiola is just going to play it out with not like a training ground game, but, you know, he's going to dominate possession and just look to take advantage of the chances when, when they come. So I think a low score in Man City win is, is probably the way that's going to play out here. OK, well, let's see if there's any value on the low Man City win, because I just don't, I don't know, I'm not so sure about Tottenham. I always worry about Tottenham going against them because they find ways of getting penalties, free kick deflections, and they just seem to be a really lucky side. But if I think Man City are winning this game, I'm uh, I'm happy to go with a minus one at plus one hundred mark because it's a push. If I get if I win one nil two one, it's a push. But Man City they could score two or three goals in the last twenty minutes. That minus one plus one hundred looks like a free free stab. Yeah, yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Considering the circumstances and being able to get your money back if they do win by exactly one goal. Um, the reason I probably have gone a different approach to, to having City on side is the fact that they, they probably aren't up to full speed at the moment. We saw the 11 that played in the Community Shield um, 
yes, Grealish can come into the team and, and add a bit extra, but a lot of those players have been around and about across, you know, travelling with international teams throughout the summer as well. And I think if there is an opportunity to be against City in some way, probably as early in the season, it's just a fact that Spurs are probably in uh, even worse shape, really, considering what they've had to deal with with Harry Kane and the speculation surrounding it. So, yeah, I, I do think City will get the job done. Um, whether that's 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 2-1, whatever, I, I'm not too sure. So I, I've taken the approach of City to win and under three and a half goals, uh, which is plus money and I think offers real value. Oh, it's because good you get plus money as well. Inside. It's good yeah. plus money. I mean, I, I think I, I, I will have a little look in, in a while. It's plus 135. Stinch, was there any numbers there that you fancy or are you just maybe just going to go with the unders? Well, I was thinking about going with the unders until Matt mentioned the fact that I can get an extra goal on my side and a City win and a bigger prize. So I'm fully on board with his angle That's there. why I love, listen, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but this is why I love the balance of what we've got here. Because we know that if one of us opens our mouth, the, the other two listen and it's almost like it's going to be very rare that we're going to be in opposite camps. I, I, I love that because I, I am happy. I'm happy to say, well, I didn't really think of that, So, but I really like it. Um, yeah, I, I see Man City winning. I like the plus 100. I don't think we see four goals. We see Man City winning. So, And that's even better. We were talking about great value. Look at the uh, official picks here because I did actually go and sit on the fence in, at the end of the day and I just couldn't press that button. But it's a pass from me. It's a pass from Stinch. But look at that. Man City and under three and a half goals. Oh, minus 135. Sorry, not plus 135. Although it should be plus 135, Mark. Yeah. We like that. We like that. It's plus 135. So uh, there's your first mistake of the season. Maybe a second one, V, if you don't actually do it. So, I, I listen, I really uh, I really enjoyed what we've done so far. Well, they're the seven games where we've got official picks from. Now, the one game that we've asked in the chat to have a little chat of why we haven't done it, we'll just quickly go through it. It's Manchester United hosting Leeds. My opinion was anything could happen. I think Leeds score. Do I think Man United win? Is it an overs? What do you think, Mark? I think this is a really interesting game. Um, United um, should, in theory, be winning this game. People will look to last season. They won the game 6-2. It wasn't incredible. It wasn't massively competitive. It was quite chaotic. But that was Leeds early in the season when they came up and didn't really have a, a big plan to sort of change their style when they played the bigger teams. That was altered towards the end of last season. Bielsa went much more conservative and, and less gung-ho in his approach against the best teams. And the results paid out, really. They had the second best defence in the last 15 Premier League games. They conceded just three times in five against City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs as well. And I think this is a really awkward game for United because Leeds will approach this with the same relentless press, the energy, so well organised under Bielsa. They haven't had a huge amount of players away of international duty. I think only Dallas will come in for Alioski at left back. And apart from that, it's unclear whether Calvin Phillips plays because uh, of the international duty. So I think this is a case of United could have a bloody nose at the end of the game if, if things don't you know, work out for them because you look at the key players and, and where they've been. Will Pogba only return to training on Tuesday? Uh, Sancho on Monday. Uh, Varane hasn't yet tra trained or completed his signing either. So they're also missing Rashford, Cavani. Um, I just think of all the teams you want to play on the opening day, bar Man City and any of the big four, I think Leeds would be towards the top of the list because you just know they're going to be absolutely relentless and ready for the match. So, uh, yeah, I like the chance of Leeds scoring. I also thought Leeds on the handicap was worth a look as well. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that, Stinch. I think Leeds are the banana skin that you do not want. Remember, they came up last season, first game, went to Anfield, scored three. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the that's the great thing about Leeds is you just don't know what you're gonna get. They had two games last season against Man United, six two, and then the other game was nil nil. Like literally almost impossible impossible to predict. And you mentioned earlier in the show you thought there might be a few uh, slip-ups this weekend depending on what that Man United first 11 is if they are missing a few players if he does you know if he does leave out a few of the big names because they're not fully fit I think Leeds on the money line could could be like the big the big bet of the weekend the big odd winner uh, plus 500 yeah there's going to be there's going to be a couple of them now remember we've got La Liga and we've got Bundesliga week ones coming up I'm going to say thank you to Mark and to Stinch, we're going to be here every single week. We'll even be here on a Monday if we've got a midweek card uh, throughout the season. You will not miss anything. 
let's just give you a little bit back. Go to betus.com, sign up, get 125% bonus up to $2,500 with the promo code EPL2021. And if you haven't subscribed, this is your first time, then please subscribe, feel welcome and press the bell. Press the bell means uh, we'll notify you. You'll never miss any content again. And we've got a soccer channel. It's BetUS soccer channel okay bet us soccer channel and we'll, you can see every other sport on the official bet us uh, youtube account mark i'm really looking forward to this weekend i hope you have a great weekend Stin, we're cheering on benteke at plus 650 aren't we <laughs> massive price thanks to everyone who's joined us at bet us and that's why we're america's favorite sports book you take care <laughs>